What up, what up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to podcast episode eight Striving for Success with Scott Aceto. I'm Frank Petalano, and I'm here with Jimmy Murray to help you crush your goals in real estate. So guys, one of the biggest things here is that we're never going to have advertising on our podcast because we always want to give back and provide value. So if you like the podcast, if you could give it a share on Facebook, share it with a friend, just sharing with that one friend is going to help us reach a broader tribe so that we can help more folks attain their goals in real estate. Don't forget Instagram either. Yeah. So Frank, Frank's big on Instagram. So if you guys want to give us a follow on Instagram, the handle is the cash flow kinks. So. Today we're here with Scott Aceto of Strive Realty. Yep. So just uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having <clears> me. It's uh, We've talked about this for a while, so it's good to be on here. Yeah, so we're excited to have Scott. So Scott's probably the youngest guy. He's, he's got me beat by a couple years or a year here. <laughs> um, but the crazy story with Scott is how we met. Yep. So back when I was handwriting yellow letters, even though Scott didn't think it was a yellow, yeah, like handwritten uh, <laughs> yellow letter, that's okay. We can dive into that. Um I sent his girlfriend's parents at the time a handwritten yellow letter, and then I'll let Scott take the story from there. Hold on, hold on. Before that, what, what is a yellow letter? I know what a yellow letter is, but just to tell our audience. Yep. So a yellow letter is a letter that you're going to send to hopefully attract an off-market deal. So a deal that hasn't made it to the multiple listing service. Um, hopefully you're looking for something to stress, but in this case, it probably wasn't a distressed asset. It was just an asset or a property that had a lot of equity in it. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And that was... Uh, it was funny. We were sitting around the dinner table, and, and they showed me this note. And you know, basically, being being a realtor and being in real estate, uh, they asked me. They're like, "Well, do you think this is valid? Like, should we call this guy? He seems like he's really interested." So I was skeptical at the time. I was like, "This is a total no way. Like, this is a hoax. No way." So I was like, "But you know what? Let's give him a call. Let's let's see what he has to say." So uh, I ended up calling Jimmy. We we grabbed the coffee and talked. Yeah, and uh, I think it's crazy because we're both in the infancy of what we want oh, to yeah. achieve in real estate. So this yeah. is probably, I don't know, five, five years, six, yeah, yeah, five, six years ago, yep. at least. Yep. So, so we grab a coffee, we talk, I kind of learn more about him, what he's doing, what his, what his goals are, uh, and vice versa. And I think, I think fast forward three years from that, that coffee, right, we, we regrouped uh, just kind of off Facebook. And yeah. I saw what he was doing with, uh, with Lion, and I was just like, wow, this is, this is very impressive. And um, so we've always kept in touch. It's it's good to it's good to bounce ideas off of each other. Um, it's been it's been really great to um, to network, develop. Even though you know, if you looked at it on paper, you'd say like, oh, well, you guys are, are both competing for the same dollars. It's, it's different. It's it's totally different. Totally. So that's a good point because that that was a good segue. I was going to bring up the same point. So in terms of the properties that I target to manage or the areas that I'm in and what Scott Scott works to buy with his clients and investors are very, very different. Um, so I would say even if you guys are in the same industry, same locality, you know, trying to do similar things, still still build that relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my uh, one of my good friends is actually, again, same thing. You'd look at her and you'd say, well, well this is a, a competitor in your space. But at the end of the day, my apartment's going to get filled. Your apartment's going to get filled. I yeah. want to know how you're doing it so that I can improve mine and vice versa. It's, it's, Absolutely. it's good business. One thing I always say is that uh, investing is a team sport. I mean... I could have every one of the people that I work with be a competitor, but instead I've built four LLCs all with different partners. Absolutely. We've, nev we've never worried about fighting over the same property or the same deal. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think 
Frank's point about investing being a team sport is huge because most people they're going to wait until they have the down payment to buy what they want to buy. They're going to be the only investor holding it. But we know that the name of the game of real estate is buying and waiting, right? Buying and holding so that you earn that residual income for the long term. So if you can partner up when both of you have a shared portion of the down payment or partner any way that you see fit, that's going to help you get further ahead in the game because you're going to have that cash flowing asset. You're going to have your money at work earlier. No, absolutely. I think you, you team that that's a great saying. That's an absolutely great saying because when you find the right partnership, whether it's this person can bring construction skills, this person can bring management skills, this person can find deals, this person can finance. However you can piece together your team, your inner circle, it just creates a recipe for success. And um, you'll always have someone to kind of rely on, but your knowledge base will grow, your relationships will grow. So it's 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 really what helps you develop as a professional, but especially as an investor. Definitely. Uh, over time. And you've done that personally at Strive. Yep. Yeah. Right? So, so I bought my first house... Um, I had about 65K in student loan debt, regular job, nothing crazy. So this is crazy because when I came out, I bought my first one at 70 G's in student mm-hmm. loan debt. So we're in the same ballpark, yep. right? So I uh, so bought it about, about 60K with student loan debt. Uh, and I remember I was working in Boston at the time. I had a, a sales job up in Boston. I was commuting back and forth from Rhode Island up to Boston. And um, I, I had a leaky pipe in the house. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm like, oh. I don't have a train, like how am I, how am I going to get down there? I, really, right. I didn't know about like property management yet, anything like that. So I called my buddy who had helped me with buying the house. And he went by and he took care of it. But he basically said to me at the end of the day, he's like, look, if you're going to own property, he goes, you're not calling me every single time you get a leaky pipe. He's like, you need to be able to do some <laughs> yeah. of this stuff on your own. So uh, I waited out and I made the decision. I was like, you know what? I love doing this. This is this is kind of fun. I uh, that, that Christmas break, I, I rent to students mostly. So that Christmas break... The kids had gone home, so uh, I grabbed a couple of cousins of mine who know a little bit more about construction than I do, and uh, we redid the kitchen. So we redid the kitchen. Next year, I rented it for like an increase of, uh, of about $600, so we, we see a ni- nice jump in, in our monthly, uh, monthly rental, and um, I just started building it. I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what, this office, it's good, good paying job I had in Boston. Right. This is so much more fun. I'm like, I get to break stuff. I get to, I get to rebuild it. I get to see my work, and it's it's my work. It's my house. That so that's the biggest thing because in my past I was buried in Excel spreadsheets yeah. all day, yep. and now I get to play and see the fruits of my labor essentially. Mm-hmm. So similar similar mindset. Uh, I'm gonna laugh a little bit at this. Uh, first thing I love this is our first twenty something millionaire on the podcast. But, definitely, definitely. But, but besides that, just uh, everybody's a different path. So, for example, I typically don't lift a hammer at all. Nope. I'm, I'm very much more of a, a numbers guy, and that's why I pay other people to do. But your your story is awesome. I'm just saying that everybody can have a different story and still be successful. Well, I think that's huge, and that, that speaks to the partnership aspect, right? Like, you, if you're not the hammers swinging guy, you gotta you gotta have someone that is. If not, Absolutely. If not, you're and vice versa. You can't just swing hammers. You need to know your numbers. So. Yep. And how old were you when you launched Drive? Uh, so. Strive is a, uh, it's jointly owned between uh, a good buddy of mine who I grew up with. I started working with him full time at uh, 25, so four years ago. That's huge. Um, that's huge. So you took the jump early, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because they have that you know, strong paying corporate job. Yep. But quickly you realized what you wanted to do. Exactly. And you started making it happen. No, and, and he was he was awesome to, uh, to coaching me and, and helping me be successful, but 
ultimately, if you, if you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing, you're going to find a way to be successful. So. Hell yeah. You also got to be careful because you're going to have family members holding you back and mm-hmm. relationships holding you back and everything else. <laughs> I think we talked about it. My dad told me that I was it was the worst financial decision I've ever made in my life <laughs> buying my first multifamily. Yeah. But worst financial decision was probably going to college. I mean, college was cool, yeah, right? But, but it's, it's the student loans say. on the way out, I mean, yeah. I'm... Mine are almost done, but yep. man, it, it's a lot. I, it's funny you bring that up. So when I when I looked at after after I bought that house, uh, and that one was pretty much ready to go. It was just we saw an opportunity to increase the rent and do do a little bit of work to it. Uh, we went to like my first full fixer upper, like head to toe. This thing yep. needed needed everything. And um, I remember my dad was just like, well, what if you need to do the roof? What about the beams? What about the? And I don't know any of this stuff. And I'm right. just sitting there. I'm like, you know what? I think we'll figure it out. Like we'll we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll be okay. And uh, I remember talking to my partner, right, because you're, you're, you relay the message. I turned to my partner, who's good with the, the building, yeah. and I'm like, Joe, what do we do Like, if, if the floor is rotted? He's like, listen, he goes, if you get worried about every little thing that could go wrong, he goes, you'll never buy houses. Right. So you, you got to tackle it as it comes. Yep. I've dealt with DEM. I've dealt with, I've dealt with kicking out homeless people when they're in the hat. Like, so I, I've dealt with it all. So We could probably trade some good stories oh, yeah. all day, right? Oh, yeah. I've survived a full... Uh, Lead inspection audit. Me too. Oh, oh, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a huge golden nugget, right? Yeah. So if you get stuck in the minor details and you get stuck in that analysis paralysis, you're mm-hmm. probably never going to buy a house again. That's a great way to word it. So obviously, take your time, price your risk, but don't get hung up on the minor details of all the things that could go wrong because you're focused on the wrong part. That's more of a gap focus. Right. right. Focus on all the good things that can happen and all the things that can go right. Oh yeah, when, when you look at when I look at the end zone for that thing, it, it its cash flow monthly is, is about fifty eight hundred. We picked it up at one twenty five, spent like one twenty five on the rehab. So I'm in it for two fifty, and, and it's cash flowing close to sixty seventy grand a year. It's like right, yeah. So I'll deal with the bad news. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with the DEM. You know what I mean? So it's like I'll, it, I'll take it, a few more of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your strategy now, like how you acquire properties. Sure. How you run Strive. Yeah, like that. so we're, we're predominantly, uh, I won't say just student, we're student and then the, the term we use is yo pro, so young, young professional base is kind of our, yeah. our demographic. And so what we find is uh, the reason why that seems to work best is you have multiple incomes coming in and renting the same, the same property. So for instance, yeah. um, our, our properties are priced at, call a number 2100 a unit yeah. for three bedrooms. Well, that's tough for one person to just pay twenty one hundred. That's that's more luxury. But if I have three separate people earning income, so you're from New York, you're from Connecticut, this person's from New Jersey, they all need a common place to live. So it makes it easy because now it's seven hundred, seven hundred, seven hundred, or whatever the numbers break down to be. Right. So it makes it nice so you can get multiple people. But with that, you're gonna have a lot of turnover year over year. Um, you know, you have to you have to make sure you're keeping up with the properties, touching up the properties. But you have to create some allure. So it's not like we do um, a cheap job on the renovation. I'm, I'm going through things head to toe. It's granite. It's stainless steel, et cetera. Uh, and the thought process has always been uh, feel the dreams, right? If you build it, they will come. So, I love that. I so. love that. That So that's a great reference for a soccer guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but I think he's selling himself short a little bit on the rehab. Like the, I think one of my particular interests is the Strive rehab process yep. because... The kitchens are gorgeous. Like, <laughs> thank you. You got the granite waterfall countertops. Mm-hmm. Like, no expenses spared. But that also helps you achieve that top of market rent and achieve that great demographic of tenant. Absolutely. And and that's the thing. At the end of the day, 
most marketing is done via pictures, right? So absolutely. So if I have a nice, it's like a Tinder profile. If I have a nice, uh, if I have a nice looking picture, you're going to click some interest into it. It's all about the attention. It's all about like the attention. That. So. Right? No, that's that's huge, but very valid point. Mm-hmm. If you have crap pictures on your listings, people are probably clicking. Yeah, they so. probably won't even click into it. They're scrolling past because you can figure like on that feed, most folks are going to go to Trulia Zillow, yep. the syndicated rental websites. They're going to go there. And there's hundreds of listings. Of course. So if you don't have that killer cover photo, people are scrolling past. Absolutely. You're not going to get the traffic that you want. Absolutely. No, no, that's absolutely right. And um, I mean, a lot of it's word of mouth, uh, especially we're we're definitely niche in terms of like the student student investment game. But so a lot of it's word of mouth, but like a big portion of it is, is you got to, you got to get your marketing out because the first thing they see matters. You, You can't. First impressions, the, the saying is really true. First impressions, do, like they stick, that you can't change them. So we make our office look as, as nice as possible. I want the whole um, rental process. I, I want it to be fun. It's like when you walk into Apple, you all of a sudden feel like you're in this, yeah, I'll pay $1,000 for a cell phone. This right. feels great. Like I love giving you my money. Yeah. We want to create the same type of effect. You got to feel happy with the system, the process, the house, everything about it. So. Yep. And it's all about creating a tribe. So that's what we talk about with the cash flow kings. And we appreciate the tribe that's listening right now. But maybe talk a little bit about how you built your brand in the student rental game so that you attract those same great tenants every year. Absolutely. And, and so a lot of it, a lot of it is um, with students, you, you got to think about it. One, one year's passing on to the next. So when we have tenants living with us, um, you, you have to treat them well. You, you definitely, you can't, you can't be mean. You can't do anything wrong. Obviously, if someone doesn't pay, you have to sort out those areas. But your reputation is big. And so if reputation from one year to the next starts to go down, people talk. And yeah. if people talk just as renters, imagine what students talk about, right? Because yeah. it's, it's even more gabby, if you will. You know, yeah. It's even more, more talkative. But it's a much smaller demographic. There's... It's like a total of uh, just in the province here. There's maybe like twelve thousand students total. Not all of them are renting. I love colleges, how you know the numbers because yeah. I didn't know that one. So that's yeah. that's solid. Colleges are providing housing for for majority of them. So you got to think about like, all right, how many are off campus? I'm not the only guy in town. There's 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 a bunch of other people doing exactly what we do. But you're the only guy who has Bagel Fridays, right? We are the only guy who has Bagel Fridays. Right. Yeah, so. yeah. Tell me about Bagel Friday. <laughs> so it, it just starts. So uh, one of our, our big uh, tenant bases, Johnson and Wales, they they don't have class on on Fridays during the day. So um, we started this thing. Like a, a couple of, of tenants talked to us. Uh, they stopped by the office to sign a lease, and when they were coming in on Friday, we wanted bagels, we wanted coffee, so like we got them, and they wanted some, and. Someone goes, are you going to have this for us every Friday? And so we were just like, it's not a bad idea. So we did it. And all of a sudden you have like, in our case, we had like uh, 15 sorority girls in the office. We had a fraternity come in the next week to look. They see the 15 sorority girls there. They're like, oh, we're coming back next week. And all of a sudden, like it starts to build into this. People people will literally like text me, hey, do you have bagels? Like, can I stop by and grab a bagel? For <laughs> so it, it's nice because it just, it separates you from this, you know, big mighty landlord that like people I'll smite you from this ebony tower. So it's like right. but it creates a sense of community, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so and so it's good and, and now uh, like we have a few people who, who stop in every week. They're they're pretty much regulars. You get to know them a little bit. What are you doing? How's your life? But blah, blah, blah do you know anyone else looking? Obviously I'm gonna ask that question. So Right. And that and that that's how you, you build referrals off of it. If you know a friend that's looking, bring them to grab a bagel. It's easy. Yeah. So absolutely. So that's all great stuff. 
Yeah, so um, one thing with, since you're doing a lot of the college market uh, compared to our normal rentals is that the rental cycles are different. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, so as far as the, the time frame, you're really locked to, uh, to school time frames. Now, we, we do try to, um, everything we try to do is try to, on, on a 12-month lease, that, that's still a very big goal. Um, but you're tied to like the two big checkpoints, I call them, within the school year. Uh, so you either want to catch a September 1 wave or you want to catch a June 1 wave. Um, if you're somewhere in between those two, that's not so bad. But if you're outside of those two, you're, you're going to face a little bit of a hard time because there's really few students looking to move in December. No, no one's moving mid-semester. You know what I mean? Right. So, so you want to base it on that. And the other thing you have to prep for um, is you probably got one, maybe two years lucky if you out of a tenant base. So you just expect the turnover. So it's good, and it's been a challenge for us because as you continue to grow uh, your portfolio and as we continue to grow ours, you start to see, like, all right, what was once, like, last year I had to fill 30 units. I'm filling 60 units this year. I'm filling 90 units this year. So it just continues to grow. Um, but as long as you have the right infrastructure, the right branding, the right Absolutely. the right game plan, it's like anything. You just you scale a little bit. So, right. so, so it's, it's been okay. So what's it like working through 60 fills in a season? Because that, that's a hell of a lot of work. So 60 fills in a season. The, the worst part is, and I wish we had a better plan for it, but the worst part is it's not just 60 fills. Like, it's it's 60 fills on June 1st. Like, it's all, yeah, it's all the right. same. <clears throat> it's all the same, like, week. So uh, Navy SEALs have hell week. So do we. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. Um, so our leasing structure is designed that May 26th, May 25th, the la last five days of May, most of the kids are out. Yep. Um, and we are working 24 hours a day. So uh, go in, fix things, whatever's broken, paint, touch up, security deposit, you name it. Yep. And then you have the, the, the issue of like, all right, Jimmy's moving from apartment A to apartment B. He needs a place to live. He's from Ohio. He's not moving his stuff home. Right. So you, you just you just kind of deal with it. It's, it's back to what we talked about at the beginning. If I worry about that stuff now, like I'll never buy another house or I won't, I won't rent it. So you just right. got to cross the bridge as it comes. And um, I'm big on transparency with tenants. Uh, I tell them, listen, I have, in this case this year, I, I think we filled 140 units for, for June 1. It's wild. So, uh, so I think I'll tell people, like, listen, I have a lot of properties in a lot of areas. I'm going to get to you. I'm going to make sure like we do. If you move in and you notice something's broken, missing, whatever the case may be, send me a maintenance request, make a note of it, document it for your sake and for mine. Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll, we'll come through and fix it. You don't need uh, a, a shade on your window the first day. Like the, the ceiling's not going to come collapsing down. So yes. I'll, I'll take care of it. Yes. Just bear with me a little bit. And it's all about coaching tenants on like, hey, this is serious. This isn't serious. Like yeah. if there's water gushing <clears throat> through your ceiling. Call like, me right away. Yeah. There. Yeah. Call but me. if you're missing a blind, like we've got you. Just yeah. give us a little bit of time yeah. because we're turning over all these. This is our first time away from home too. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. And and so and, and that creates that creates some of the relationship right away because if if I've said that and we've established a little bit of a connection, if you're going to give me pushback. Well, if rent's there on the second, expect to get pushed back from, you know what I mean? So right. we're going to play a little bit of a game here. I'll be very nice to you. Be, be nice to me. Work with me. It's a two-way street. Exactly. So if you're going to if you're gonna give me a hard time, like I'll make sure I give it right back to you. So, right. so it, it teaches them a lot as well. Because you get got to remember, 18, 19 years old. What were we doing at that age? I don't even want to know. We probably yeah, can't say it on the podcast. Probably, probably so. not. We'll leave that out. Yeah. But, so. um, you always hear like horror stories about... <laughs> college kids mm -hmm. and they've got to destroy units and everything else like are there holes in the walls kicked into whatever it may be yeah but uh any good horror stories that maybe we can <laughs> on here um like, turnovers that you went into and completely 
Uh, he's thinking about one. I could tell one if he wants. Yeah, let's, right, let's, let's, hear, let's it. hear it. So uh, I don't have as many college rentals as you do. I've actually never been able to get on the cycle. Yep. Because I know how you guys are pre-leasing like oh, yeah. four months ahead of time before they start coming out. Too, yeah. yeah. But um, I had some people with means. They had some money and they, all the kids had co-signers. And they had a big party one night. I didn't know about it. And uh, I guess they put a kid's head through the front of the stove. You know, oh my cr- God. Cracked, cracked the glass front of the stove. Well, how was his head? <laughs> I didn't know about it until they were gone. Because oh since God. the since the parents had money, they replaced the stove without telling me. <laughs> Did they upgrade the stove? It was the same. Same exact stove. Oh, wow. Pretty yeah. well done. Yeah, no complaints from me on that. But, I mean, it was crazy. The second floor tenants, who were also college kids, finally yeah. told me about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't want to tell you while they were still here. But, yeah, that's definitely a new stove. <laughs> this and that. I, uh, I, I'm, so I've had that. I've had scenarios like that happen. And I don't, I don't mind it. Like, good for them for taking the initiative. The worst to me is when you get the, the phone call or text on Monday, hey, my stove broke. Stoves don't break. Like, th- things just don't magically <laughs> break. You broke the stove by putting a kid's head through it. Like, call, call a spade a spade here. So That reminds me of the Instagram post where the doors ripped off. Yeah. yeah, so I just tell the tenants, like, hey, listen, we're going to fix it, but I'd love to hear the story of, like, how this happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, essentially, uh, they're using that kid's head like a human spear through the front of the stove, right? It's, <laughs> it's, some, it's unbelievable. I, I think the, the worst, I won't even call it the worst one, kind of like every college landlord's fear is the, this part, the party. And so the, the worst one I've come across was, um, oh, I can't, I, I remember, I won't call out the tenants. He actually, believe it or not, the tenant works with us now. He, he's, That's funny. he's one of our maintenance guys now, so it's kind of it's kind of comical. Great. He's um, remember this when he, when he hears the podcast. Yeah, yeah oh, no, and I, I can't, he know, he'll know the exact day and party I'm, tell, I'm talking about. I just remember we were driving down, uh, and this property was like kind of in an offshoot section, like a little bit further away than anyone else. And... Uh, we had gotten like a, a call. I, I knew like one of the police dispatchers. He knew the property was ours. Yep. So he called us. She's like, listen, like there's a huge party going on here. Like see if you can go by and check it out. Um, so we take a ride by and this thing, what was a five bedroom house? Must have had 180 people. Like I, <laughs> the, like they, they were throwing stuff from the, the second floor window out to people in the backyard. Oh to the point like neighbors are like out, like looking like what's going on. And uh, the reason why this one sticks out most memorably is a couple, couple, like, couple months ago, I'm talking to someone, uh, I'm talking to like a local police officer, and uh, he's like, yeah, like, I remember this party we went to on Academy Ave, like we had to break it up, there's like 100, I'm sitting there scratching my head, I'm like, you don't say, huh? Were you, was it like at ABC address? He's like, yeah, I'm like, yep, yep, I know all about that one, I know exactly. What. So you, you just, stuff, stuff happens, it, yeah. it is what it is, no one got hurt. That's my biggest thing. As long as no one gets hurt, I'm happy. Um, you can you can fix the door. You know, knock on wood. I, I've been very lucky to to not have anything like serious in terms of like bodily injury that I know about at least happen. So, yep. um, you know, I'm I'm very thankful of that. But there is some some wear and tear that the houses will get. But um, as you start to do it, you very quickly learn uh, when you meet people early on. Like, all right, this kid comes in. I can I can smell the pot on him. He looks half hungover. I, I kind of have an idea of where this type of uh, tenancy is going. Right, so, right, absolutely. You know, they asked this big thing, big thing in Providence is after we show them this unit, like you said, nice kitchens, nice bathroom. Hey, can we see your basement? It's like, really? Do you care about the basement? You know what's crazy? 
All the time. Yeah. I want to see the basement. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's only coin up laundry down there. What do you mm-hmm. need to see? I want to see the basement. Well, why? why? Yeah, what are you looking for? Yeah, what are you so, putting down there? What type of smoking parties are you hosting? Uh, like, for, I, I have a fraternity house. And again, the, guy, the guys are awesome, so I can't even, I can't not. Again, I was ni- we were all 19 yeah. at, at one point, so I, I get it. And I, I don't want to compare my college. We destroyed that thing, so it's it's I'm karma. With you. I hear that, yeah. But so I go down there the other day, and uh, I go into the basement. Disco ball spinning, ah. nice all all new light. It's amazing how creative these guys can be yeah. when they want it. So, uh, in the back left corner, they have a uh, a shopping cart like hanging up on the wall. I have no idea why. I don't know. I've still yet to figure <laughs> out what the game is that they play with it. So, um, I'm just walking around. So I, I showed it to someone else, and they're like, "What? What's going on here?" I'm like, "You know, I don't know. I, like, it's not destroyed though, right? Yeah, no, like, it's it's hey. in it's in decent shape. Um, so." It is what it is. So I think that's a good point, though, because some landlords would walk in and they would lose it, yeah. right? Because they're seeing things that are additions that made. See, I have some Frank, stories. So. Frank, Frank, no, no, I don't lose it. I don't lose <laughs> it. But I have a couple stories. Like you that. have to. So it may be your house, but it's their home, right? Right. So you got to let them within reason kind of decorate, yeah. even if it may not be ooh, your ooh. taste with a shopping cart hanging from the wall, as long as things aren't destroyed, that's it. you're going to kind of let a resting dog lie. Well, one of my uh, one of my contractors has a famous line. He's like, I can't see it from Smithfield. He, he lives in Smithfield. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's his famous line. So when something's wrong, I can't see it from Smithfield. can't see yeah. it from my bedroom. So yeah. So it, it's true, but um, it, it's part of it's part of the the game. It's it's all part of the game. I, I go into it expecting a little bit of you know what's going to come my way. I'm never expecting anything to be terrible, but um, you know it, it is what it is. It's it's part of renting to college kids. So yep, absolutely. And then one of the big things related to that, where people get hung up about the damage on the backside, I always coach our tenants. We're not in business to keep your security deposit. Of course, if we have to keep it. It's because you forced our hand. There yep. were things that you damaged outside of normal wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big things. We are not in the business of keeping security deposits unless we have to to repair the damage. No, absolutely. It's it's important. Uh, documentation, uh, as I as I do this more and more, documentation transparency has become so so. Actually, big thank you to you for introducing us to to Appfolio for for using it. Before it was like pen and paper and text message. But so let's so uh, so so make for that. So uh, <laughs> once once we get off the podcast, I'll tell you what I'm working on now. Yeah, but, uh, we'll have 3D walkthroughs here shortly of, that, of inspections. That's so. awesome. And for us, it, it just became awesome to know like our person at this house requested ABC at this time. So it wasn't like that before. It's like yep. that now. So at least I, I have some documentation. But how I, how I handle it with with students a lot of times is. Like, how were you overall as a tenancy? Was your rent there at the, at the beginning of the month? Did I have to chase you? Uh, did you create a headache for me? Have you helped me out? Like, are you part of a group that's been renting for me for 12 years? Like, right. I, I need to consider all of these factors before I, I, I go full force on someone and say, right. I'm just keeping your deposit. Um, so, so, so it's a big factor. Um, you know, obviously, I'm sure you guys hear it too, right? Everyone always says, this is how it was when I moved in. Yeah, sure it was. Always. Of course. Always. <laughs> And then, never then I pull up the inspector report, and I'm like, oh, nope, here, here's the nope. picture of, of this door, and it's it's hung a little bit differently. And you know what? It's actually painted. It's not just the prime slab that you pulled from Home Depot. Right, right, right. Right? So, so, uh, so, so let's see. We're starting to run out of time. I guess the first question I'd ask is, if you're if you're a reader, mm-hmm. any recommendations for a book? So I, I'd say that's one of my biggest uh, downfalls is I don't I don't like sit down and read a book enough at all. I'm a big articles guy, so okay. I, I go through uh, a lot of different websites, read different articles, try to find like Economic Times, 
Uh, I'm big on trying to keep up with, with local news uh, just because I'm, I'm so invested here. So yeah. uh, I'm big in trying to find out what's going on in Providence Business News, Providence Business Journal, picking up on that. Uh, I like learning uh, what developments are going on in the city, so I, I keep track on a lot of the zoning policies coming out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I should. I, I don't do it enough, but I well, should read so more books. You are you're selling yourself short. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. seriously. So I, I think that's great because yeah. a lot of people don't keep up with that stuff. Right. Personally, I'm going to be honest. I don't. I probably should more. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you know about the new apartment complex being built absolutely. on Thayer Street and all the other things going on. Um, right? be, if I, I kind of joke, if there's a shovel in the ground or if there's like a, a hot property that, that's for sale, I probably saw it already. If there's one that like snuck past me I'm, I'm i'm pissed at myself because i pride myself on from these streets like these are my streets i want to know granny smith on the corner i want to know everybody. everybody i want to know everybody yep. at all times because when their house goes for sale i want the first crack right so, that's exactly. an expert in their market yeah so for someone just starting out what would you recommend that they do so i i think first and, and the opening the opening um write-up you guys have I think is awesome I think first is get your mindset right in knowing that you can't be afraid you can't be afraid of some of the challenges you're gonna face right the horror stories quote-unquote that we have we're all standing here we, we made it so yes. you, you can get past them I'll, I'll take ten more yeah <laughs> exactly so um, so you, you can't be afraid of of, um, of failure so to speak but I, I don't think fa- you don't you won't fail anywhere near as much as you think but so uh, that's number one Number two, do your research. Don't, don't, uh, don't just ask a realtor. Don't just ask somebody for, for advice because uh, you need to know it for yourself. It's your money. You need to know where it's going, why it's going, what the return looks like. Start to learn some terms. Start to learn cap rates. Start to learn cash on cash. Uh, learn a mortgage. Learn how, um, yes, getting into it, but how are you going to get out of it if that's your plan. Right. Um, so start to think of, of all the different scenarios and write it down. So just so you have things mapped out. Something that uh, you didn't say, but you did very early on was network. Yeah, absolutely, huge, yeah. huge, huge. So I, I tend to do that innately. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy about that. Even, again, like I said earlier, even someone who's one of my bigger competitors, I want to have a coffee with you because what are you doing that I'm not, or vice versa? Like it, it goes two ways. So. I think that's your background of being an athlete. That team sport kind of thing. Oh, I, I, it's 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 scouting, right? So yes. uh, you don't you don't. Uh, so we, I play I play D one soccer, but you don't. We never went into an opponent's game without knowing, like, all right, this guy's left footed, this guy's right footed. I wanted to know, and I was obsessive, right? So I'm not I'm not that big as you guys can see. I'm not the, wasn't the strongest, wasn't the fastest. So I prided myself on like, all right, what other, having the knowledge. Correct. What other abilities can I bring that like I don't need to be God given six foot tall. I don't need right. to be the fastest guy. So I, I would pride myself on knowing, all right, like this guy's left footed. I wanted to know what you had for dinner. Like I was that obsessive. I'm like, <laughs> like this guy's gonna do this at this time, this way. So I know what Jimmy's having for dinner tonight. So you know. <laughs> we have our real estate meeting tonight. Oh, You're perfect. welcome to come. Yeah, thank you, to thank you. Yeah. So, so uh, we appreciate him, Scott, on the podcast. Of course, thanks yeah, for thank coming you. out. So props to you for being the first twenty something on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. So that's huge. Um, we hope that you guys enjoyed the Cashflow Kings podcast. In the meantime, if you're looking for more content or trying to see the things that we're doing day in and day out, um, you can give us a follow on Instagram or on Facebook under the Cashflow Kings. And then we've got additional details up on our website at www.cashflowkings.com. I'm going to throw uh, my shameless oh, yeah, yeah. in there yeah, as well. So, so if you want to follow us, you can check us out. Uh, Instagram's the best way, at striveri.com. 
uh, and my, my personal is at Scott Strive. So you guys are going to be drooling over the kitchens on, <laughs> on their Instagram <laughs> account. Seriously, you. you're going to be sharing the crap out of that. Um, cheers to your success. So the Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice. Each person should consult their own advisors prior to making any financial decisions.